Assalamu alaikum, guys. Welcome to the Umrapreneur Live podcast. And this one is a, a little bit of a Eid special, right? So it's on Eid. So Eid al-Adha Mubarak to all of you listeners who are going to join us today, who are joining us today. Uh, and those who listen to the recording as well, I Mubarak to all of you guys. And today I have with me a very special guest who herself took some time out of this very special Eid day to sit down with me and talk a little bit about branding, about purposeful branding specifically. Sina, assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the podcast. Wa alaikum salam and ibn barak to everyone as well and to you. Thank How you are you so going to spend Eid actually? Well, honestly, for me, it's going to be with family, right? So it's going to really be just simple going to my mom's house, having all the siblings there, all the nephews and nieces. And I mean, that's like 20 kids already. So it's going to be absolutely crazy. What about yourself? We're actually <laughs> just at home. Um, just I'm working today. I have a bunch of project, projects okay. this week. But alhamdulillah, we went to eat prayers in the morning. And it was it's good weather right now in Germany. So it's always Alhamdulillah, fun. that's amazing. Yes, all the way from Germany, mashallah. So that's awesome. I want to give guests a little background on you before we really dive into uh, you know the juicy topics that we're going to talk about today. Um, so Sister Sina Port specializes in branding. She's a brand strategist and speaker. And she also specializes in content strategy and brand communication. And what she really focuses on is uh, helping businesses and entrepreneurs to build purposeful brands and share their stories authentically. She also has her own podcast. It's called the Share Diversity Podcast that focuses on business, branding, and womanhood. So definitely check that out. If you're someone who enjoys podcasts, uh, take a look at it and, and give it a listen and see, uh, see how you like it, inshallah. And also check out her Instagram because it's absolutely gorgeous, so beautiful, uh, and definitely so much to learn there in terms of branding. So I'm excited to talk about this, Sina. Let's do it. Thank Ready? you. And thank you for the amazing <laughs> introduction as well. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm just summarizing. There's a lot more that you guys need to know about her, mashallah. But uh, hopefully you'll learn it throughout this podcast. And I think the best place to start is if you can share with us a little bit about, you know, your backstory. So what motivated you to become an entrepreneur and actually start your own business as a coach? Yeah, so good question. Um, I think a lot of times we talk about, you know, as entrepreneurs and people who are very ambitious, um, you have to exactly know what you want. You have to know mm -hmm. your audience, you have to know your niche. And I think uh, much more important than understanding what you want is understanding mm -hmm. what you don't want. Um, and for me, that was very present very early on. So I started working actually at the age of 13. Um, I never really got allowance from my parents. They always gave me everything that I needed, but no, no allowance. So I needed to work for anything that I wanted extra, right? Mm -hmm. So I started working um, as a waitress. I started working my sports club as a marketing, you know, just the, the girl that was doing some marketing. At some point I figured out, and I just, I think it was in the last five years that Whatever I've been doing in, you know, from my work as like a teenager to now has been branding. That is one field and looking at the shared diversity. And this is um, what you've uh, explained as well, right? What is the what is the uniqueness that we have? What is the the purpose that we have? Um, and how can we use that uniqueness in the world? So I started very early um, to to do branding without even knowing it. At that time, branding wasn't really a thing. It was much more like branding. It's like your logo creation, right? Um, but for me, it was always easy to find ways how to make something sound really exciting so people would like to you know be part of it so I was really active as a, a tennis player I wanted to become a professional tennis player um, and, and at some point I realized actually I like everything around tennis much more than really doing it so I wanted the I wanted to look at the business function of sports. How, how do you look at fashion in sports? How do you look at all those events um, and tournaments? So I started doing marketing for my tennis club, um, and I did that in Germany. But I did that also for camps outside. So I started doing the marketing and the branding for those camps, and I got really good at it. And I just got really used to being on my own, being independent, doing uh, things on my own time. Um, I started to train uh, young girls as well in tennis very early on. And then I, when I moved abroad within my studies, um, I actually, I brought that always with me. I did tennis trainings, I did camps, um, and I turned that into a business, um, which uh, it's called Athletify. Now, Athletify is a startup that I started, and 
pretty much failed to make it something really profitable. Uh, but it was the first time that I was really, you know, independent where I said, okay, what can I do within sports, within sport communities, and speci specifically for women in sports abroad um, that are traveling, that are doing sports and that have to find a safe space, safe community. Uh, at that time I was in Mal Malaysia and I did that community and it was really beautiful because it was the first time that I also got in contact with Islam and Muslim women and like the entire culture of all the diversity within Islam over there. A lot of people don't know uh, from looking at my Instagram that I'm a revert. Um, so um, it was really nice to kind of like understand Islam also from like an entrepreneur perspective. Like what is the intention you put into your business, right? Um, so from from that kind of business, I turned more into um, what are the things that I'm actually good at? I'm I was at that time very um, very junior in business. I didn't really know how to how to manage a business, how to be a leader, how to hire people, how to scale, how to use the tools um, to really grow the profitability of my business. What, but what I was good at was promoting it and doing the branding and talking about it and doing PR. Um, so I said, let me just focus on my strengths. And I think that is one of the things that entrepreneurs have to realize very early on. You don't need to be good at everything. You just need to look at your strengths, double down on them, and then outsource your weaknesses or find some kind of accommodation uh, for you know someone else doing the things that you're not so good at. Um, so that was kind of like my first wave of entrepreneurship. Then I started my podcast mostly because I just freshly cut off everything and everyone in my life when I converted to Islam and I wanted to just restructure my life. The five, the five people we spent spend most time with are the people that define us and who we are and where we go. So the podcast was a really great way for me to connect with mentors, connect with people that I admired and speak with them on a really deep level, right? When you interview someone and you know this, Avi, <laughs> Like you go really deep very quickly. Like it's not a small talk conversation when you're on the podcast. Definitely. Um, and that was kind of like the the second wave where I started doing um, connecting to other business women, looking at what am I excited about. Um, and in all this, what I always wanted to look at was one the branding side that was my strength that I was just naturally good at, and one was this shared diversity, this inclusion and diversity of women and uh, people of color within different um, different aspects uh, in business. So now what I'm doing is both. I'm doing uh, personal branding, which is um, how do I I've worked with a bunch of brands and currently working with big bigger brands like Adidas, for instance, how do I apply those insights that I learn in branding with those brands, so those big brand strategies, and help the community to use those strategies for their own personal brand? Um, and then also the other side, like how do I apply community insights that I have from a diverse community and help big brands to further their brand and then go in more a purposeful and diversity way. So that's kind of like a, uh, in a nutshell, kind of my journey um, in the in the business world. I love it. I love it. Well, there's definitely a lot that we can touch upon based on what you shared, but I want to comment first on the background here. Can I take a second, guys? Because let me tell you, when I went on Sina's Instagram, I mean, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. You can tell that she's a branding expert. Everything, like the color palette is there. You know, there's a certain vibe, there's a certain feel. And now I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, your setup and even like your walls are the same color palette as like your brand, <laughs> which is amazing. I mean, I don't know how next level you got to be to go that far, but you definitely got it, Mashallah. So you can tell the dedication there. I want to touch on a few things that you, that you mentioned. One is an interesting parallel between sports and business, right? And initially you got into the world of sports and now you're focusing more on business and branding and really just focusing on, as you mentioned, the things you're good at and not switching the things you're not. Can you tell us a little bit more about what are the parallels between what you view as, you know, succeeding in sports and succeeding in business? Is there any parallels there, right, that, you, that you've noticed? I think there are a lot. I think, um, I think there are a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think entrepreneurs and athletes inherently are very competitive, mm -hmm. not only competitive in relationship to others and trying to become, you know, the best in their field, but also in relationship to themselves. What can I do to improve my, you know, personal best from yesterday, from last week, from last season? Um, so that's a big part. And I think that is really a driver and you have to have that inherent um, I think motivation is not inherent. Motivation comes when you do things, but 
competition is a good motivator in itself because you always need to look at how do you improve and in business it's the same you always want to scale you always want to optimize processes um second i think it's confidence i think most of my confidence came from sport competing very early on being the only um girl of color in you know tennis is a very wide sport specifically in germany also very upper class sport and i didn't grow up in a uh in a very wealthy family so i had to be very confident um being you know made fun of uh, being always the person who's not sponsored you know but or like doesn't wear the newest you know clothes um and then also like competing in a you know in front of people and um on something that is inherently your own work like you like you are your success factor mm-hmm. and I think those are very big parallels um, from sports to business. And even in business, we talk about, so I talk, you, you said that I talk about business branding and womanhood and womanhood for me is physical, mental and spiritual health and development. And you need to be fit, whether that is mentally fit, spiritually fit. So in your faith, like you you cannot be a, a successful entrepreneur if you if you are struggling with your faith because the journey is not going to be easy um, and physically healthy as well. Like you need to, you know, stay up at night. You need to, you know, work over hours because nobody's going to hand you anything in your business. So all those parallels really helps. Um, I'm not sure. Do you play sports? I do. Well, I honestly, casually, I don't play professionally, but um, I can definitely relate to everything you're saying. And I think one of the big ones for me as well is uh, discipline, right? The discipline mm-hmm. that you learn in sports. Uh, I mean, what it takes to get better, knowing that, you know, you're not going to be great the first time, but that you have to keep repeating and you have to keep practicing and you have to keep training. And eventually over time, you get better and better. And I think that dedication, that discipline that you learn throughout that process can very well translate to business as well. And I think it's a good lesson to take away. And it's trial and error, right? Like you say, mm-hmm. like you're not going to always win and, and it's fine, but you need to like keep going to the court, keep going, you know, you know, on the field, keep going yeah. and do your business. So there's no other way around. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. And in the same vein as this, you went and you decided, you know, that you're now going to focus on branding. You're going to be a branding coach. I want to know for, for people listening in, they're also, you know, interested in starting their own businesses. Maybe they have their own businesses. I want to know what were the steps that you took to go from that idea of wanting to, you know, focus and specialize within that field to then actually, you know, building up your own brand within that field and, and, you know, positioning yourself as a coach in that sphere. Is there some certain steps or some, you know, some major milestones that you can walk us through that can give other people an idea of what to do? Yeah, so I think one of it, which I already alluded to earlier, is understanding your strengths. So mm-hmm. what are you good at? Um, how do you come across? And a lot of times in branding, people think, you know, maybe I want a brand, maybe I don't. But reality is we all have a brand, right? We all have a reputation. We all come across in a certain way and people see us in a certain way. And you cannot go around that. Um, it's just, yeah. it's just there. So either you control it or you let it go, you let it just mm-hmm. drift. Um, so I think the first, the first wave of my personal brand was really in person. Uh, I was doing a lot of networking with my business. I needed to like find business partners and there people got to know me right personally. The second mm-hmm. was then when I cut off everything, I deleted all my Instagram, all, all my social media, everything that I had when I converted, and it took a long time to delete all my content, by the way. So be very sure about what you put on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and that is something, right? The first thing that you do when you, you when you meet a person is Google them. So I wanted to make sure that my, my slate is clean. And that's when I started really uh, going into podcasting. First of all, because I knew that my, personally, my journey as a Muslim woman I needed to go through stages of modesty. So first of all, I didn't want to show my face. I didn't want to show you know anything of my exterior because I just wanted my message to be heard without me being in any pressure of like, you know, figuring out the first stage of stages of wearing the hijab and wearing what is clothing, clothing, right? Like it took time for me. So podcasting was a perfect avenue for me to first of all uh, create context and through you know people that I've interviewed but then second all also to create a brand without necessarily showing my face um from there it really got into listening so I think that is a big big point so understand your strengths for me it was always communication um how I network with people and that I kind of bunched up in like podcasting works for me Hmm. I was also really passionate about audio media and this is how I learn 
since I was a child, I always learned through audio. Uh, if I had to learn something and I couldn't remember it, I would put it on my MP3 player and listen it to it at night, right? That's my avenue. So what is yours? Are you more a writer? Are you more a communicator? Are you more into video? Um, what is it that you kind of like can use in your personal strengths? Mm -hmm. The second one was listening. So you know from podcasts, it's very difficult unless you do live podcasts with comments like here. Even better to everyone, by the way. Um, that it's very difficult to get feedback because unlike social media, you don't have that engagement. Like on a podcast, you don't have DMs, you don't have comments, you don't have all these engagement factors where you can see people's, all you have is a listener numbers, right? Unless someone emails you about, oh, this podcast really helped me, you don't really have insights. So what I needed to do is I need to listen really closely. Um, I went on my my social media, you know, promoted my podcast. People said, listen, I learned much more, you know, much better over video. Can you do YouTube? So I repurposed my podcast to go on YouTube. Then I went on Instagram, on Twitter. And there I just looked at what do people like? What do, you know, what do people struggle with? What, where are the gaps that I can fill? Um, so first figure out your strengths strengths then listen what people are looking for and then pivot so what i did was then i ran i really went all out this year on instagram i went on daily lives where i had the immediate feedback and you know then later on dm contact with you know people that could tell me like this was really helpful this is what i'm interested in this is what i'm struggling with and then i could know okay this is the value that i can give to them according to what they needed right and then from there i went to a trial run consulting which is like just free consulting for some of the girls that i was really interacting with um on a day you know on a on a regular basis where i had direct contact direct feedback and then i could see okay what are they looking for do i see any commonalities collecting data right and looking at okay they enjoy one-on-one -on -one coaching they have these and these troubles and this is how i set up my consulting then um and the same that i did with my business consulting so I went into business, uh, into businesses, uh, looked at what they're struggling with, looked at how can I bring in my unique personality to help fill the gap, right? There's a there's a huge gap in the market, in the business market. And you with your podcast, for instance, have 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 uh, you know put a first step into filling that gap, which is business for Muslim entrepreneurs, right? Business advice, marketing advice. The same in branding. There was no at the time when I started, there was no podcast around um, ambitious Muslim women who wanted to go into business and wanted to start their brand mm -hmm. um, and didn't want to lose a part of their uh, faith or their personality in the process. Um, you know, you have all those branding gurus out there that usually when you listen to their content, they swear a lot, which is fine if you are into that, but I'm not. So like that was a gap that I could fill with my unique uh, personality. And the same I did with um, with businesses where I looked at, okay, you know, there's not a lot of... Um, there's not a lot of Muslim women in the business field that can talk about what the Muslim community thinks about, you know, projects or products that brands bring out into our community. So how can I come in and, and bring value to, so focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses, <laughs> um, really listen and try to fill the gap. And then it's the same as, um, as we said earlier, it's a trial and, you know, try, fail and repeat. You're gonna fail, you know, there's gonna be moments where you know, there's a business idea that's not going to work and that's fine. Go back to the data, try something else, um, you know, listen really closely and then pivot and, and look at something else that could work instead. Mm -hmm. I really love those three steps that you shared, guys. I hope you're taking notes so far about what uh, Sina just showed because it's really crucial advice. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, they miss those obvious steps. They miss the obvious step of Number one, what am I good at and what can I leverage and, and bring to the world? And number two, now that I know what this is, how do I listen? How do I essentially what that means is how do I do the market research and understand my customer? Right. And then pivot or, as you mentioned, do the trial and error, which means, you know, go out there and put out something and see how does the market react? How do my customers react? I want to uh, bring up something that you mentioned earlier, because I think it's a common question that I have and that I get with uh, Muslim female entrepreneurs. You mentioned that initially you didn't want to show your face as, as part of the branding that you were doing and the content that you were creating. And for a lot of Muslim women in business, they have that question. They feel like, do I need to show my face 
to build a successful brand? And it's and it's a it's a good question to ask because for a lot of brands, you know, you know, you want that personal connection. Is it possible to create a successful brand without being the face of the business? I'd love your thoughts on that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's a very easy answer. Okay. Um, I've been focusing on this a lot because what I've seen um, a lot of branding experts, and I have a lot of friends who do branding and we have this discussion and it's fine that we disagree because they just have different customers, right? Um, their clients are usually like maybe, you know, shy and they don't want to do reels and they don't want to show their face. But for us, it's very different. There are different definitions and interpretations of modesty. I, I know some women that don't want to show their face, some women that also see their uh, voice as aura, right? And that's their interpretation and that's totally fine, but there are ways to build your brand without that, right? There are so many different content ways. So mm -hmm. when you look at video specifically, and these are some of the um, some of the content that I do specifically as well is, you can still create a video content if you know that it gives you a lot of traffic um, and it provides a very good, um, return on investment when you go on social media, right? Organic traffic through video, through Reels, Instagram, you know, IGTV, IG Life. You can do voiceovers. You can do sketches. There are a bunch of tools out there. You can do just educational videos where you write something. You can only show your hands doing something. If you're, for instance, in the fashion designer, crafting, baking space, you don't need to necessarily show your face. And then there's the, the, the privacy part as well. So there's modesty and then there's privacy. For me, a lot of it was privacy. I don't really talk about my personal life on social media. People don't know, you know, my personal business. And I want to keep it that way. I, I like it that way. Um, and you can find ways around it. The biggest factor that people connect with is your intention and how you embrace and showcase your uniqueness. And that for that, you don't need to show them your daily routine, how to how you get out of bed. You don't need to show your face or even your voice. Um, and there's a bunch of different tools. And um, you can check out my Instagram on, on different content formats um, for different strengths. And even if you don't necessarily say, I don't want to show my face because of modesty, maybe you're just not confident enough. Fine, you know, figure out how to how to help yourself gain that confidence and it's again trial and error maybe you go on ig life that is restricted only to your you know to your friends or you go on zoom and you tell your you know closest friends like i want to present to you something tell me you know give me feedback of how i come across um and and there are so many ways to overcome that barrier that society tells you um and even on, if you look at YouTube, right, an inherently video-driven platform where you see many Muslim women initially get really famous through beauty and makeup and fashion. And then a lot of Muslim women are getting tired of that, air, like being known for that. And it's, you know, it's fine if, if you do that. But some just want to create deeper content. If you look at YouTube, there are YouTube accounts with million, two million, three million followers with you don't even know who's the person behind it. You can if you want to, um, but there are videos where, you know, you show there are daily routine videos where the face is always cut off. Um, there's a lot of Korean YouTubers and a lot of people don't know this. I sent this always to my friends. There's a Korean YouTubers that never show their face. You know them and you know how they like they do vlogs and everything. It's very personal, but you never know who's the person behind it. And so there's so many creative ways. You just have to find like new creative ways to go around or like play with the barriers that you set for yourself and the, and the standards you set for your brand. I like, I like what you're sharing here. And uh, I think really the key is, okay, if I'm not going to show my face, how can I still create interesting and engaging content? I think that's where people, uh, you know, face kind of hit a wall because I see a lot of, uh, you know, Muslim entrepreneurs that are, that are coming up, they're trying to build a brand and they're like, okay, I'm not gonna show my face. Um, but then they just don't create any videos at all and they don't create, you know, any, any visual interactive content. And we all know visual content is so key on these platforms. I mean, Instagram right now is pushing reels like no tomorrow because they're trying to compete with TikTok. YouTube just created YouTube shorts. I mean, all social media platforms are, are, you know, slowly moving further towards video and less towards, you know, static photo content. So I think it's important to understand 
how we can create engaging video content, even if we don't want to show our face uh, as entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, now, I want to ask you about branding specifically because you know branding has different meanings for different people. I want you to share with me about what branding means to you and, and how you actually work with your clients. So what are the areas that you work on uh, when you work with a client? What are some things that you're going you're gonna to do together? Okay. Um, yeah, so for me, and I talk about this in my book that is going to come out in the next few months, uh, for me, branding is like the concept of how do you catch butterflies? So um, if you ask yourself, how do you catch butterflies? Um, the first time my mentor asked me that, I thought, okay, you know, you have that net thingy, you run around and try to catch the butterflies with. Um, but the point is you don't catch butterflies. You grow a garden and you let them come to you. And that garden is your brand. So instead of like trying to catch all those opportunities, um, trying to catch all the clients and the brand collaborations and, you know, the money and the opportunities, you create a brand and you attract those opportunities to you. And specifically, when you're a person who has very high standards and has, has different attentions that most of the people in your field um, that has a deeper meaning to your work, higher standards, limitations for how you navigate your business and the business world, then you need to make sure that you create that garden because you want to attract right you will attract what you reflect if you reflect you know low standards and low quality and i will be fine with anything and any client can come to me and you know if it's the alcohol brand you know no problem like they're going to come to you if you and then you have to deal with it and say like no this is not my standard you know this is not the clients i work with yada 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 if you from the beginning position yourself as a you know, as a brand that stands for this vision, this mission, this standards, right? These limitations um, works for this customer base. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to catch all those people. They will come to you. Um, and that is basically branding and what branding um, helps you do. So what we do, what I do with my clients is usually uh, when we look at personal branding, it's about the dichotomy of uniqueness. And specifically when I work with entrepreneurs, that dichotomy is one, you are not unique, right? What you offer is not unique, but you are unique. Mm -hmm. So that's the that's what people always say, right? In business, like, oh, your product, your business, it's nothing special. No, it isn't, right? There's other people who offer digital marketing, offer photography, offer, I don't know, beverages. But you are unique, your personality, your character. So what you need to make what you need to do out of this is you need to create a space that you take up in people's minds and it's associ associations right we associate so we associate a brand with something it can be a feeling it can be a concept a quality and what we look at what i look at usually with my clients i don't work with people who say i don't have any idea what i'm doing you know help me create a brand because this is something that you can learn from my instagram you can learn from my per, you know podcast just watch everything and you'll be fine. You have the basics. But what I do is I work with entrepreneurs who already have a business and they want to scale it. And the reason why I do that is because they already know what value they can bring to the people. What they now need to figure out is how can they bring your, their uniqueness and position it so people associate it with their business and scale their business in, in, in the process. Um, so we look at all the five um, areas, uh, all the six areas of uh, branding, of the branding framework that we go through. So from your purpose and intention to your communication and content strategy. Um, and look, really, how does that work with your personality? Because there's, you know, but I mean, you're like, I don't know what is your personality, but if you're like a person who's super interested in Instagram, and super passionate, then we're going to create a content strategy around that. If not, Maybe we'll look at a different platform. Maybe we look at an you know, audio platform like podcasting. Maybe we'll look at and look at how can we use, how can we invest your from your business and outsource for Instagram because it just doesn't, it's not your platform, but you still want to mm -hmm. be there, right? So it's a very personalized um, offer to how does your brand connect with your character in the long mm -hmm. run? Because what you don't want to do is, you do something very quick. Oh, reels are, you know, TikTok is giving me a lot of organic traffic. Let me just push there and then you let it die. Um, you want to do something that 
works for you sustainably and specifically as an entrepreneur, you don't have time to create content for no reason. You have to create uh, content for the purpose of profitability. Um, and a personal brand, and I, I'm sure you know that because when I Google you, it comes up really, you know, you are the person that is known for entrepreneurship. When I go on, a, on your website, it doesn't say about me, you know, look at my mm -hmm. history of accomplishments. It looks at the three businesses that you have, right? Mm -hmm. So I know specifically Abby is an entrepreneur. Now let me look at the businesses and what they stand for. And this is the way that I can get to know you. So you have positioned yourself very well in the area. Um, other people, they haven't really understood the concept that you are a diverse person, right? If you now want to go into the spacecraft business, right? You People already know you. They will be glad to follow you because they know you and they follow you for who you are and not what business you create. So mm -hmm. this is what you need to do. Don't follow on don't don't focus on customers and followers, but on people who back you up and will follow you wherever you go with your business. So you can adapt. That's a really interesting concept. I really like that. Wow, that's uh, that's a lot of value right now that you're sharing. So I hope people are listening intently. And um, one thing that you shared, I want to highlight because it came up on one of our last coaching calls in our program with one of our students. And the question was, you know, how do I, how, like, what is the unique aspect uh, that I implement to my business? Because one of our students was saying, she's like, you know, I have this program, she's a mindset coach. And she's like, I have this program and I'm a mindset coach. And I, I, I saw online in a video that I need to create like a unique method or like this unique, you know, strategy to, you know, accomplish my, this goal with my clients. And I told her, look, the truth is that, you know, whatever it is that you create or you put into a program or, you know, you include in your services, as you mentioned earlier, you know, most likely it's available elsewhere, right? I mean, there's, you know, 7 billion human beings on the, on earth right now. Um, you know, for sure someone else thought of what it is that you're going to think about and offers it in some shape or form. So what makes you stand out is not specifically the information or maybe, you know, the strategies that you provide to your clients, but rather the way in which you provide them and you in your delivery, right? Your style of working with your clients, right? And that's what really makes them unique. It's, it's you as a person. How do you deliver to your clients? How do you connect with your clients? What are your values? Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that because it's uh, some great advice. Yeah, so I always like to look at it as well. What do you? What are your personal choices in life, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at some of the clothing brands that people go after, H&M, Zara, Uniqlo, give me another brand. H&M. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> okay, got it already. <laughs> um, then how are you going to choose where to go to, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you choose your favorite restaurant, how are you going to choose where to go to? If mm -hmm. you choose, you know, I don't know, whatever platform you 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 get your cereal from, what mm -hmm. are you going to choose it? And, yeah. and a big part of it is associations, right? Associations mm -hmm. of feeling. I rather go into a shop where I can feel like I'm being spoken to as a, as a person and they want to give value to me instead of like rudeness, you know, and like a shop can be five times more expensive. And this is something here in Germany, like we have this organic shop um, and then we have a shop where you can also get organic food. Now this organic shop is so, like, it's a beautiful atmosphere. I get the feeling like I can just walk around. I can spend like 45 minutes there and it's fine. But the, the food is like five times more expensive. Um, now I like to go there because in the other shop, people are rude people are always stressed like they always have like this weird face i don't know why they're always in a bad mood but you know and this is the value that they bring and that's why i am i'm gonna buy my bananas there even if they cost three euros instead of one euro it's it doesn't make sense right but it's a feeling that i associate with it um and it's the experience that we have and the same is um the case with the person right we have associations, you have personal associations when it comes to feelings they people get when they interact with you. And those feelings can be just feelings that they have about themselves. Maybe they feel more confident when they speak with you because you make them feel self-confident. You make them remember their own strengths. Maybe they feel acknowledged, right? Because you talk about their, I don't know, you talk about their, their dreams and visions with them. So that is something that can make you stand out. And then associations in terms of also mission, purpose. So studies show that businesses who have a clear purpose are 
customers pay more, uh, customers come back more often, and they are more innovative and better at transformation. So when we look at like how is the how is the space transforming, you know, going from physical to digital, um, businesses and business owners who have a purpose, clear purpose, they're easier, their transition is easier. Now, the big focus here, and I think a lot of people focus on that, is customers, right? Customer attention, customers come back, customers recommend you. And the big, the big insight here is something that we learn in school, the Maslow hierarchy. People just like to have a sen sense of self actualization and if they can get that by working with you or by working with your brand and that could be because your brand is sustainable and they they feel like their self-actualization is leaving the world better than they found it or they feel like you acknowledge them as a specifically for coaches or consultants out there you acknowledge their unique perspective their culture background their faith like all these things those are um, self-actualization triggers that you can create in people so they <clears throat> they are more loyal to you and your brand <clears throat> now another association could be um, strategies so when you look at we know the blue ocean strategy so instead when you look at uh, the virgin was a really good example in the beginning right the virgin uh, airline you have airline flights and the stewardess are always stressed and like you have to pay if you have a, if you want a really good experience you have to pay like first class which you never do but a virgin was like the blue ocean strategy of airplanes they had like a fun exciting uh, you know airplane with like games and really good food and services right so you need to associate you need to trigger something in people's minds that they can remember instantly this person is not only a mindfulness coach but this person you know talks about mental health and cultural limitations in the process and it helps me because i can actually my actualize myself with her or with him right i love i love everything that you shared right now in terms of you know these are tangible tips and strategies that people can take away right now and implement in their business and I think what you mentioned as well is really important is that, you know, finding your own number one, finding a very clear and specific purpose. I think a lot of businesses struggle with that. A lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that. A lot of entrepreneurs. And this is, again, something that I work with my students on all the time is really the foundation of what it is that I'm going to do, who I'm going to work with and what am I going to offer? And the truth is when you're not crystal clear on those three things, right? And then you're always going to struggle in your business. What program should I create? Which direction should I go? You know, what's the next thing that I should be working on? And it's always going to be a challenge. But when you know very clearly, you know, this is my customer. This is this is exactly what I want to provide. This is the mission I want to achieve. Everything else falls into place. That clarity comes to you. Uh, and I think that is so important. A lot of entrepreneurs skip out on spending enough time on those areas. Uh, but those are the most important areas to work on. So I appreciate you, uh, you know, putting some highlight on that. And I want to ask you, what are some common branding mistakes that you know entrepreneurs and businesses are making right they're listening to this what are some common mistakes that you know you you've noticed that maybe our listeners can can hopefully avoid by listening to this podcast <laughs> yeah um okay i would say a lack of vision mm. so the first one is a lack of vision what i mean by this is a lot of times people treat their personal brands like a PR project or like 2010 Instagram. <laughs> like these are my updates. This is what I'm doing, you know, today. And this is what I'm working on. Yeah. Um, instead, figure out your bigger vision and treat your brand like a brand campaign, like the biggest brands use their brand and use utilize the spaces that they're in. So I've worked with the big brands and I think the big blue ocean strategy like the big differentiator what i apply in my brand and what other branding um branding experts apply is that i create i use the strategies of big brands in a personal brand mm -hmm. and the biggest people do that right when we look at richard branson when we look at oprah you know all, all the politicians you know they use a big brand strategy and approach to their personal brand what i mean by that is instead of trying to and this is just one example that I work on with my clients. Instead of, you know, pushing content every day and trying to get those that are organic traffic, how about you launch a brand campaign? 
a brand campaign where you invest money so that people can get to know your brand and your brand purpose, vision, where they can buy into something bigger than themselves. And it's not about you and it's not about how amazing your services are and it's not a product campaign. It's not about, you know, promoting your newest marketing course or mindfulness uh, seminar. It's about a brand, like your brand vision. So lack of vision is, a, is one of the things. Mm -hmm. Treat your brand like the biggest brands treat their brand. Second is lack of investment. And that comes kind of in the same area now. Investment can be investment in ener of energy, investment of time, um contacts or money you know let's talk about money let's talk about investing money a lot of people say a lot of people pride themselves on like i grew my brand organic yeah but it took you 10 years mm -hmm. right like how about you know launch a brand campaign put it on facebook put it on instagram wherever you want to be seen um, and let people find you and then they can still get to know you personally so this is one of the things uh, one of the strategies that i teaching that I have adapted where I uh, was alhamdulillah um, blessed to to drive my Instagram growth from 800 to 10,000 within a month mm. and I'm not selling a course on this because it sounds really you know shady <laughs> but it works right and I mm. do this I run campaigns and campaigns can not only be you know putting money into something but campaigns could be like a project that you work on for three months and you only focus on that don't you know the word priority was the word priority was identified as looking at one thing forever mm -hmm. and just in the like 19th century we looked at oh let me look at three priorities no look at one priority for the next month for the next three months and push it run a campaign where that campaign is a really brand campaign you invest money in it or it's a campaign where you like you grab your best friend and go out and create content for the next month like really, really high quality content. You don't need to spend money on it. Take your iPhone, get another friend to, to edit it. Uh, you know, like just work on something structured and then look at the data, look how you can um, improve in the next in the next campaign, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. And I really third, like that. Yeah, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was just like, and wow, like keep, keep dropping gold, <laughs> sister, go for it. Keep sharing. And the third is lack of testing. Um, and that is also, everything is kind of connected, but... Uh, the faster you test, the more feedback you get, the faster you can adjust, and the better you can align with uh, with what people want and what they're looking for, and also how brand uh, strategies are moving into like how Instagram is moving and TikTok and YouTube. So, but it's it's both a mental frame and a physical, right? So the mental frame in terms of what I said from campaigns, like just like test things out, do a project and see if it works. Mm -hmm. Do a podcast for the next three months and see if it works, but then also physical adaption into projects and processes because we always forget the analytics and the data behind things. And this is something that the biggest brands use that we should use as well. Look at the data, what is working, what is not working, do more of what is working. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, I want to highlight one thing that you said. Uh, hopefully it's not escaping me now, but oh yeah, there you go. So the, the concept of... Uh, treating your personal brand just like any other big brand and i think that's something that a lot of uh, a lot of entrepreneurs uh, you know aren't it's not a mindset that they're implementing and and i like that you shared that because a lot of times we tend to overestimate how difficult it is to to have you know a proper brand with you know the right kind of brand positioning, right? And when we talk about brand positioning, it's really, let's say, if you're someone who wants to cater more to a higher-end market, you need to position yourself as a higher-end brand. What does that look like, right? And how do you communicate? And, you know, what are the designs, everything that you do? And, you know, there's there's so many factors in it, but it's a lot easier than we think. And there's this, uh, you know, you know, for example, for for me and our Instagram, uh, me and my wife, she's, uh, she's awesome with a camera, actually. And, um, we have a DSLR at home and we'll take like those, like we'll do like a shoot day once every month. So we'll go drive to like a really nice part of town uh, in Montreal, you know, maybe like old port here, which is, you know, this area with all these beautiful French buildings um, or, you know, we'll drive out into nature and, you know, she'll, she'll essentially just, we'll kind of do, okay, we can take a shot here. We can take a shot there. And then when we put it out over time, you'd never know that this was all shot on the same day. I bring with me like five outfits and I change in between shots and that's it. That's one day and that's one month of content, right? Um, mm -hmm. 
so people overestimate how, how difficult it is. You and know? that's and, a campaign, for example, yeah. you can run, right? Yeah. Like, how does it uh, come across if I put this content here and outside? Like, how mm -hmm. does it come across? Um, right. And yeah, it's batch content, you know? Yes, Patrick, day, that's two, so key. Three. So key. Yes. Then you don't have to worry about it for the, for the next month. And people are like, yeah. oof. Yeah. Yeah. Creating uh, so much content. No, it's, it was all one day. Hundred percent, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you guys. You guys are probably gonna be like, "Oh my God, Abby, you, you trader! I thought this was all filmed the same day." But for example, our our, our YouTube videos as well. I have um, we have essentially a week in our business, entrepreneur called Content Creation Week. Okay, and in that week, we take one week out of every month where we create the content for the entire month, so that for the other three weeks, we're focusing on projects, we're focusing on serving our customers, we're focusing on creating new things and innovating. Right, so. During that week, I map out, you know, all of my all of my YouTube videos for the month. I take one day, I record all of them, I change outfits between every video, so people think it's filmed on different days. Um, you know, uh, my social media team they go and they map out, you know, okay, here's the different carousels we're gonna share, here's the different posts. I create everything in advance, everything, everything, because if I were to, you know, every single day wake up and try to figure out, oh, what do I want to post today? It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, right? And it's a lot, it's very taxing mentally. Um, and it doesn't allow me to have the necessary brain space to innovate and work on, you know, focus on creating new products and just, you know, improving our business. So um, content batching, game changer, yeah. guys, try it out. And there's two things, right? You can get into a flow, like what you're saying, like you get into a flow of like writing content. What can I do? What are the newest, like, you know, real actions that I can do and like try out. Then you get into the flow of creating the content, being there with your outfit change and having the energy of presenting. Um, and then yeah. also it's like, it's way more efficient. Like if you had to like drag your wife to mm -hmm. take the pictures every day, like it's 10 or 20 minutes going yeah. there, setting up all the equipment, like it's not efficient. So yeah. totally agree. I like, yeah. I like the content week. 100%. Yeah, definitely, guys. A pro tip to implement. Um, so, sis, there's so many things that we talked about and, you know, so much value that was already shared on this podcast. Uh, there's a question that I asked to every guest before we dive into some Q&A from the audience. We got two or three questions that we're going to we're gonna take from the audience, inshallah, guys. So if you guys have any questions for Sina about branding, about anything that we talked about today, drop them in the comments and we'll we'll get to them. This question is the following. If you can, if you can meet Sina from... X number of years ago when you were just getting started in business, right? I'm not sure how many years ago that was, but you, you know, it was just an idea. Should I become a brand strategist? Maybe I can do this. Maybe I, maybe I should. You can tell her one thing to hold on to as she goes through this journey of entrepreneurship. What would that one thing be for you? It's a good question. <laughs> um, okay. I think. I think it's the trifecta value. So this is something that I that I learned a bunch of years ago, um, but that I just understood how important it is. If you do one thing, you need to make sure that you get three values out of it because you don't have so much time, right? You don't have, you just have a limited amount of time, limited amount of opportunities and, and chances. So you need to make sure that you optimize everything that you're doing. Um, now, when you have that trifecta, it has to like it has to work with anything in your life, whether that's a relationship or that's your work or that's a content strategy. Um, and for me, I think the big one was uh, my career path and understanding where can I fit in. Where do I? Where have I not? Where do I not to? Where do I not have to try to fit in? But where can I personally just flourish? Um, and having that faith to to believe in yourself and and understand that your time is so valuable your self-expression your expertise your mind is so valuable and everyone who interacts with it should feel blessed so that trifecta value is basically when you do one thing what are the three um values you can get out of and for me that's how i got into podcasting because podcasting was you know a contemplate it was one thing you know i created a podcast but one is I can connect, and this is so, so important, I can connect with people that I truly admire, that have the values that I want to live up to, and that can become either mentors, sponsors, or friends in the future. That's one thing, right? Relationships are so important, and we undervalue that. 
The other is creating content, right, for your brand, creating consistent content, bringing value to people. Um, and the other is, you know, building your brand, like creating a legacy. Um, and we so often think about the now, the what can I do now to, like we said, compete with the person last month and make more money than last month. Mm -hmm. But what we don't look at is for the next 20, 30, 40 years. Um, when our kids are 20, 30, 40, right? We don't look at that. And I think we need to look at the legacy part, the what do we leave on earth part. And that is the part where we then say, slow down, you know, it's fine. You can you can sleep in. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, don't sleep on your life. Don't sleep on your strength. Don't sleep on all those opportunities and, and values and possibilities that Allah has given you and blessed you with because you have them for a reason. Yeah. Uh, you are here to to leave something better. Um, so, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Honestly, it was it was absolutely beautiful. And this is why I love that answering. Well, as, asking that question, because every single and this is interesting because we've filmed 49 episodes of more so far, guys. So shout out to us for our consistency. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, Mashallah. Alhamdulillah. And uh, honestly, it's all thanks to, you know, guests like yourself who actually make the time to get on here. So really, I'm taking I'm not taking any credit. But um, what's interesting is out of those 49 guests, not a single person shared the same answer to that question. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? You'd think that, you know, people that are asked that question, subhanAllah, that they would all answer kind of like the same thing or at least something similar. But it really goes to show that all of us through entrepreneurship go through a very unique journey, a extremely unique journey based on our backstory, our experiences, what we aim to achieve, our circumstances, our situations, our challenges, our obstacles. And every single person is unique. Every single person is truly unique in their own way and their life experience is unique in their own way. And it's, it's beautiful to see that in the answers that come up when I ask that question. Um, so Jazakallah Khair for sharing that. And I'm, again, so grateful that you're making the time to join me on here. So I'm going to squeeze that in a little bit more and throw a few questions from the audience as well. Is that cool? Let's, yeah, let's no, make it I'm super excited. No, no, no. The Q&A is my favorite, but I All also right. wanted to um, yeah, please. Uh, bring it back to you and tell you thank you for providing the space because mm -hmm. I think it's very important to hold those platforms and give uh, uh, give recognition to like all the beauty that we have in our own right? And yeah. Create names as well. 100%, 100%, 100%. And that's really the purpose behind this because, you know, when I, before I started this podcast, I couldn't really find anything or any place or anywhere where I was able to access, you know, Muslim achievement in the sphere of entrepreneurship, right? And growing up as an entrepreneur, building my first few businesses, it was like, it's kind of unfortunate because all I could look up to were these non-Muslim business owners and entrepreneurs. And there was no one else that, you know, shared my values that I could look up to and get inspired by. And so that's the goal with this. And mashallah, you know, with everything that you're sharing and who you are, you are an inspiration to, to all these Muslims that are building their businesses right now. So I hope you recognize thank that. You. And, you know, that's what this is about. So uh, thank you for, for joining me on this. Thanks. Now, let's take one from the uh, from the audience. And this is a question based on what we discussed earlier when mm -hmm. we talked about identifying our strengths. Um, the, the, this person is asking, are there any tips on how to identify our strengths? <clears throat> so any tips for that? Yeah. So um, number one is ask around. Mm. Um, Ask around, ask your family, your friends, um, people you admire, people you look up to, ask them, what are things that you always come to me for? Um, what are the things that you think I know more about than average people? What are the things that you like to hear my advice from or my insight or my my thoughts and ideas? Right. Um, and then also go inside, like introspection is, is so important. Um, so on average, we have 70,000 words. Uh, ideas a day right um and that's why we so, sometimes feel so confused we think like oh we don't have any ideas i don't know what i'm good at but actually you just haven't put it into a structure so it always helps to write things down um ask yourself these questions as well what are the things that people always come to me for um what are the things that naturally give me energy mm. and then also on the other side what are the things that drain my energy when i do something why do i stop doing it why am i not consistent why am i procrastinating um, look at those both uh, ways and, and be really honest to yourself. And you don't have to be good at everything. 
um, you know, time management is something that entrepreneurs are struggling with sometimes. Uh, you don't have to be good at everything. You can use apps. You can use a you know a virtual assistant. Uh, totally fine. Uh, but the asking around um, for people who know you, also colleagues, um, and then also asking yourself. And one of the things that I also do, <clears throat> which also helps with self confidence, is a hype file. Actually, share my screen, but I just I just have a file on my laptop called Hype File, okay. uh, where I gather like private messages, DMs, comments, where people said like this really helped me. Uh, the way you said that really helped me. Like, thank you so much for sharing this aspect of whatever. Um, and this really helps you to remind yourself what people value about you and and how you come across to people in a mm -hmm. unique way. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. We got another one from our audience, uh, and this one's a really great one as well. Um, it's a common question here. So Greta from YouTube is asking, pushing forward promotion versus quality content. How often to post on social media when you notice that people are not interested in your promotion? Does that mean one should rethink their brand? Um, so that's an interesting question. I know it's a bit a little open-ended, but can you give some tips for our listener here? Yeah. Um, so everyone probably knows the book, um, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. Where mm, Gary, correct. Gary, where the thought is 90% of the time you create quality content, five to ten percent of the time you punch and say, This is my product, this is my brand, you know, follow me, whatever. Mm. Um, what I would say is when you look at big brands and what they mostly invest in, they don't invest more in product campaigns. And this is something that probably you are alluding to when you say promotions is it's usually a promotion for a product or for your business service whatever you're offering they invest more in brand campaigns so i don't want you to go out and think and you need to create 365 pieces of content every day um, to then push your brand while push your product once what i want to, you to rethink is how you create promotions create promotions based on pr promoting your brand not your product People get tired if you want to sell your brand to them because maybe they don't want, want your brand, but maybe they want to buy into your, uh, sorry, your product. Maybe they don't want to buy your product, but maybe they want to buy into your brand to then tell you what they want for you as from you as a product. Um, so quality content is very, very important. You need a bunch of quality content before you can tell people to buy anything. But when you look at promotions, look also at brand promotion. So a bigger vision, a bigger brand message that you people can buy into rather than a product. Mm, so a purpose, like a, pur a clear purpose, which is what we talked about earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. There's another one here as well. Curious to know, do you think branding and design is an innate talent that some are born with? It seems like it comes natural to some while others struggle to get it right. Branding is different than design. Design mm -hmm. is a part of branding. So when mm -hmm. you look at the branding framework that I look at, purpose, uniqueness, all these parts identity is one of them design is part of identity identity also goes into your personality how you come across you know what i feel when i interact with abby and how i introduce them to the next person if i introduce them to the next person because i think they could be friends right mm -hmm. your character um so design is not inherently branding branding um i think you can learn I think everything is, you know, it's, you just get into a flow because branding basically is just presenting yourself and everyone who's successful needed to find a way how to present themselves. Even someone like Steve Jobs, where people said like he wasn't the nicest boss, but he could present them himself very well. Mm -hmm. And it comes with time, right? But then design, yeah, I mean, there are born artists and there are people who learn it from Canva or from YouTube. Right. I mean, I can, I can draw. I can't use adobe products mm -hmm. but i can youtube how to use them or i can pay someone to do it or i can use canva right um so getting it right is not so much like big thing that i've worked that i've struggled with is perfection mostly because i have very high standards for myself but my skills don't live up to the standards so very high standards in terms of i love quality video I'm not a videographer, so I need to fill that up either with paying someone or asking a friend or my brother does it for me, right? Uh, asking my brother to do my videos instead of me because I really can't do it or I have to take the time to learn it myself, mm -hmm. right? So you need to choose. If you have some money, you know, pay someone or if you want to, you know, a collaboration, I do the branding for my brother. He does the content for me. 
right? That's a collaboration. You can do the same with a sister, with a friend, um, or you can just pay someone for their services. Definitely. I appreciate you sharing those tips. Uh, we're going to take one or two more from the audience just because there is actually a lot of questions, mashallah, like, that are coming in. Uh, this, one, this one's a fun one. If, uh, if Sina had to choose two brands who she admires most in terms of branding and strategies, uh, which one would they be? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Uh, that's a really good one. Okay. I'm going to choose a personal brand okay. and a business brand. Let's do it. Hmm. I'm going to choose Malcolm X. Wow. Interesting Malcolm choice. X as a personal brand. Mm -hmm. Reason being is you never see Malcolm X present himself as perfect. Mm -hmm. What he is for me is a person who's evolving and who's very open about himself evolving. Um, you know, prison, Nation of Islam, Islam. <laughs> This sounds weird, but like he always had to go through a rebrand um, and he was a very good communicator. He was a very good presenter. When you think of him as the identity and the thing that you usually see in a person first, you know, impression, the first impression is always exterior and that's fine. That's how you, humans work. But it's him in a suit. He was always very clean with his glasses, with his suitcase, um, you know, very calm unless he's on the microphone and then he's passionate. He goes for what, he, for what he believes in. And he always goes back to the audience and says, this is what I've believed in and what I was very passionate about you know, articulating. It was actually wrong. Here's my new stance and this is how I evolved. So for me, that just represents um, being very self-confident in himself at the same time, not having ego to say, I'm not perfect, I'm evolving, I'm always changing. Um, and of course he left a legacy and he was always doing it in the name of God, Alhamdulillah, um, which which is really important and, and it takes a lot of courage to to give credit um, to something outside of, self, of yourself, specifically in a personal brand. So this is something on a personal brand side. On a brand side, it's Apple in times of Steve Jobs. Um, not that it changed too much, but it does, of course, it is inherently connected to the founder and Apple is a brand that when you look at the purpose, when you look at associations, right? Why do people choose Apple? Because they inherently think, right? They wanna bring themselves up to self-actualize as creators, as people who create, who are creative, who you know are like rethinkers, are the doers, right? Um, and that's what you buy into. You don't buy into the nitty gritty details of an iPhone uh, because the last iPhone, it's not gonna be very different to the new iPhone, yeah. but the feeling of having it. Um, and they're very good at uh, creating those feelings in their customers. They were very successful with that indeed. Um, thank you for sharing. That was, wow, a very uh, unexpected answer for the first one and so beautiful, mashallah. So I really, really enjoyed that. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna take one last one and we got like a ton on here, but we can only uh, we can only do one more. So I'm gonna take one here that I thought was pretty nice. And this one is, uh, how do you build or create emotion into your brand? That was an interesting question. So one is purpose, right? One is something that people can buy into. And when we go back to like Apple, for instance, um, they've created great brand campaigns where you see like the doers and makers of the world from Gandhi to, I don't know. Um, it, it's more of a vision and a personality to live up to. So, and this is something that I talk about in my book as well. When brands look at how they bring customers in, it's either, you know, association, um, inspiration or aspiration. And the aspirational part is inherently connected with the emotion. So what do I, what do you aspire to? It could be a better version of yourself. It could be a better pl planet or legacy that you can leave. Um, it could be the impact that you have in your community at the moment, right? So a, a bigger purpose that people can feel and, and buy into. Mm -hmm. um, and then it comes down to the real emotions. And this is something when I talk to my clients, they're like, I don't know what like people feel when they go on my Instagram. <laughs> and I said, what do you feel when you go on my Instagram? What are the three things that come into your mind? Um, you know, give me adjectives, right? Calm, um, inclusive, you know, inspiring, maybe you're elegant, like whatever, like elegance is really much more like a design, but 
a feeling that I get from Abby, for instance, is like aspiration, right? Aspiring to a higher version of myself as a Muslim entrepreneur, because you have the series of, um, what's it called? Muslim pioneers. There you go. Mm. Um, This is something that both has an emotion of like, bettering myself spiritually, but also aspiring to a version of myself that Mm. I could, you know, aspire to the life of the Sahabi and how they conducted business, right? Um, So make sure that you ask yourself, what are the, let's say three emotions that you want people to have when they first encounter your brand? And it could be also encountering you, right? How do you come across when people first meet you and see you in person? What are the emotions that you want them to, to, uh, to take from that? And then you use those emotions. First is always being aware of them. And you build them into your um, intention when you create content. And creating con- content is usually the expression of our brand. Um, unless you are in person, right? When you want to be calm. Uh, don't, right? In person, when you say, I want my brand to be calm don't be like uh, talking the whole time but listen you know pause before you speak um make sure that you you breathe out before you speak so your voice is not up here right like all those personal physical um manifestations of calmness and then when you look at your content what is the intention so when abby goes out you know in nature to create those photos it's for a reason. You don't go into a studio where it's all sterile and like, you know, very professional, but you go out because you feel better. You know, the person who takes the photo feels better and people can feel it in the intention that you bring into your content. I really, really like that answer. That was really nice. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for the shout out on our Muslim Pioneers Initiative. I appreciate that because yeah, that, that's amazing. really, yeah, that's the goal behind, behind it really. It's to just showcase, like, there's so many Muslims that achieved so many great things and that are, you know, that their history has been lost. And when you learn about that, you learn about our legacy and then you go, it go it hopefully goes to help you believe that you can do the same thing, right? And that it's never too late to do the same thing, inshallah. So Sister Sina, you've shared so many amazing insights with us today. It's so much wisdom to take away from this episode. How can people go and connect with you? Maybe work with you even, uh, you know, if they need help with their branding, where should they go to support you? Sure. So you can go on my website, sinaport.com. So S-I-N-A-P-O-R-T.com. And then my Instagram, Sinaport Official. And on LinkedIn, um, those are like my three platforms. Plus, uh, when you have uh, the Shared Diversity Podcast, you can keep up with uh, those episodes as well. And on my website, if you want to um, you know, think about working with me, there is a um, form that you can fill out. Usually I work with applications so I can see, you know, what are your goals and do they work with uh, what I provide? And then we see if we fit together. And if not, I usually yeah. I have a lot of friends who do other branding work. So if it's not a fit for me, I can bring you to a lot of other people. I love that. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing all that. We'll make sure to drop those links in the description or in the episode notes, wherever you're watching or listening, guys. Um, and again, for, for joining us on this podcast. I know it's Eid day. So guys, we hope that you appreciate that we're still on here during AIDS, you know, and uh, <laughs> having these interviews and, and sharing that wisdom with you. So, you know, you can benefit from it, inshallah. So Rizakallah for that. We really appreciate you. Thank you. And Eid Mubarak to everyone. And if there are any questions that we didn't answer, uh, make sure that you like put them on Instagram and I answer them on video or something. Awesome. Awesome. So go ahead and check out our Instagram guys. And you know the drill. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast for your support. And as well, uh, you can follow us on your favorite social platform, Omar Pinner, right? Just search it on Instagram, LinkedIn, anywhere else. And if you'd like help to start your own online business or taking your business to the next level, you can book a call with us for free as well. And that's omarpreneur.com slash call. We'll speak to you to understand what your goals are and how we can help inshallah. So that's omarpreneur.com slash call. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.